0: Did you know that the name Jesus has a meaning? It means God saves. And today, we're going to explore the salvation that the Son of God provides on The Bible Brief. Savior, it's an interesting word with many implications and associations. And people use this word, Savior, all the time. Maybe you've really needed some coffee, but you were too busy to get some. You're fading fast as you try to study or work, and one of your good friends comes up with a coffee in hand. They say something vaguely offensive like, you look like you needed this. But it doesn't matter to you. You're now holding a warm coffee. And what do you say to them? Maybe something like, thanks, you're my savior. Savior in this context means little more than you've done me a big favor. You've, quote, saved me from lacking coffee on this busy day. And yet, depending on the context, Savior can mean much more than that. Today, that's what we're going to be exploring on the show. We closed out our last episode in this Understanding Christmas series with a reference to one of the most famous sections in all of the Bible, John 3.16 and following. And I want to repeat it to highlight a term that's used by Jesus as he says these things, the term saved. Let's listen again. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Now pay attention to that last part. He says that the Son was sent into the world in order that the world might be saved through Him. Among other reasons for His coming into the world, the Son of God became flesh. He was incarnate in order to save the world. In other words, to be the Savior. Now, I don't know about you, but that begs a question to me. What does the world need to be saved from? Why would the God of the universe, the creator of all things, why would He humble Himself and put on a human body? What's so drastically wrong with the world That he went to this length to save it why was the incarnation necessary well the answer is in the first part of the verses that we read remember jesus said that whoever believes in the son will have eternal life but whoever doesn't will perish perishing here is the problem that the son is coming into the world to solve the son of god is here to save the world from perishing from death Death is the problem that Jesus came to save the world from. Now, we've been over this a few times in the podcast, but we've got many new listeners, so we'll briefly go over this death problem again. Way back in the beginning of the Bible, in the beginning of the book of Genesis, we meet Adam and Eve, the first humans. And God gave those first humans a rule as they lived in the lush garden that God had created for them god's rule in the garden was this you may surely eat of every tree in the garden but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die and apparently things went okay for a while they followed what god said and they enjoyed life in the garden but eventually due to the deception of satan god's adversary Eve and Adam eventually eat from the tree. They break God's one rule. In a word, they sin against God. And this first couple pass down a sort of corruption that manifests itself in each one of us. We all sin against God. Maybe it's stealing a candy bar from a gas station. Maybe it's lying to your parents about where you were last night. Maybe it's cheating on your taxes. Whatever your story is, whatever mine is, the beginning of the story is the same. We are all sinners against God because we don't live up to his perfection. And yet, the end of the story doesn't have to be the same as the beginning. You see, a savior saves. And God is concerned with saving sinners from their sin. And God's plan meant that the incarnation was necessary. Jesus incarnate, Jesus in the flesh, does two amazing things that provide a means of salvation for humanity, salvation from sin. First, as a sort of second Adam, Jesus vindicates his own perfection. Instead of sinning like Adam, Jesus never sins. In a way, he demonstrates how mankind should have been. He's totally righteous instead of unrighteous like the rest of humanity. And second, by dying on the cross for the sin of the world, he takes the death penalty, the separation from God that we all deserve, and he takes it upon himself. He experienced separation from God so that you and I wouldn't have to experience separation from God for eternity. And not only that, but by taking our penalty, he also offers his perfection. By believing in Jesus, we can be covered in his righteousness so that we can be considered right before God, even though we remain sinners. God's salvation involved Jesus becoming the God-man, God in flesh, so that he could save those who sinned against him. The love of God is shown in this amazing exchange that the life and death of Jesus offers to everyone. The exchange of your sin for God's righteousness. And listener, if you haven't made that exchange with God by believing in Jesus for his salvation from your sin, today's the day. We'll never know if tomorrow's going to come. Okay, now the interesting thing about calling Jesus the savior is that he is more than just the savior from sin, as if that weren't enough. Jesus is also a sort of physical, grounded, political savior. Now, he's a political savior because, simply put, he's a king. Not just some king of hearts and minds. No, he's a king of a real, actual, physical territory. Which may be news to some of you. Maybe you're used to thinking of Jesus as king of heaven and nothing more. But here's some good news. When Jesus comes back in the last days, he's going to be king. King of the territory of Israel from the capital city in Jerusalem, extending the reach of his power to the whole world. And while it may be odd to our ears, we actually see the hope of this king in this kingdom expressed around the birth of Jesus. Put yourself in the shoes of a Jew at around year zero, when we switch from B.C. to A.D. on our calendars. As a Jew, you were part of an ancient people, You were part of a people saved by God from the Egyptian empire many, many years prior. A people to whom God gave a special law to govern them. A people to whom God made promises of a particular land. A people who had the great King David that had ruled over them. And yet, your heritage was a people who rejected God time and time again. A people who worshipped false gods a people who rejected God himself as king over them and eventually a people exiled from their land because of disobedience to God. But God didn't leave your nation that he chose for dead and exile. No, he promised a king who would rule from David's throne, a savior who would defeat the nation's enemies, a coming one who would secure the peace of Israel and give the people rest. You as a Jew in the first century were waiting on God to fulfill these great promises. You were waiting for the savior to arrive. Now with that in mind, listen to what one man says about Jesus just before he's born. This is from the gospel of Luke chapter one. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David is saying that Jesus is the horn of salvation for Israel, which may be a weird phrase to us today, but this is like saying that Jesus is the ruler who will save Israel. Jesus is the long awaited savior and he's about to arrive. The hope of the nation of Israel is coming in the flesh. As we celebrate Christmas, we should keep in mind these two aspects of the salvation that Jesus offers as the savior that Jesus is the righteous and perfect Savior from sin, and that Jesus is the political Savior of the Israelite nation and of the world. Consider these two things as we hear an angel announce the birth of Jesus to some unsuspecting shepherds. In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. He is the righteous savior from sin, and he is the political savior of Israel and of the nations. But don't miss the last thing that that angel said. The angel called Jesus a savior, and then he said, who is Christ the Lord. That will be our subject for our final episode in this series, Understanding Christmas. What does it mean that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah? See you Monday on The Bible Brief. The Bible Brief is gearing up for a big new year. On January 2nd, we're starting our walk through the Bible, and we'd love for you and your friends to join us. Don't forget to share this show with your friends so that we can learn the life-changing story and message of the Bible together. Are you enjoying the podcast? Leave us a five-star review on your podcast app. It will help people discover the Bible Brief and be exposed to the life-changing story and message of the Bible. Thank you for helping us grow. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2022.